0: You think your dog deserves the best. BarkBox knows they do. And the best is exactly what BarkBox delivers every month. BarkBox keeps your dog entertained all month long with original toys and healthy, yummy snacks. You'll get fun, themed goodies curated for your dog, and you'll be joining a community of pups and their people. Sign up now, and BarkBox will double your first Halloween-themed box for free. That's twice the spooky toys, sweet treats, chews, and ghoulishly good fun. To start spoiling your dog and get your free upgrade, visit BarkBox.com podcast.
1: How about we heat things up tonight? Mm, how so?
0: Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle and spice.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp. Or get fresh with our new Strawberry Salad. Go big with our Bone-In Ribeye. Or the Filet and Grilled Shrimp on the Barbie. Then cool off with a Cucumber Crush or Peanut Koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback!
0: Hello everybody, welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age comic book podcast, Flea Market Fantasy. I'm your co-host Mike L, and as always I'm joined by... Michael Dell of the LCS Hockey Radio Show. That's right, and uh, it is once again my pick this week, and so of course I picked... I know that Michael Dell likes Golden Age superheroes, so I picked a comic book featuring The Spectre.
2: The Spectre.
0: (laughs) Yes. And it also kind of ties in with Shocktober because he's somewhat of a <laughs> horror-themed superhero in that he is a ghost, right? So, Especially now, but tell
2: the people what the comic book
0: is, Michael. Oh, you're right. I should probably do that. It's Adventure Comics number 431. Back in those days, uh, you know, it was an anthology comic. For a long time, it was a Superman title, then it was Superboy, then it was Supergirl. But at this point, it was just rotating different characters.
2: And, uh, spoiler alert, Michael, I did not read that ridiculous backup story.
0: Oh, you should have. You should <laughs> so, have. It was terrible. It was really good. And you knew who the artist was for the backup, right? <laughs> no, I did not. You didn't... Ch- Alex Toth from the Black uh, Canary story. <laughs> it was... I, I looked
2: at the first page of it, and I was like, this is garbage. I'm not
0: this. Oh, it's too bad, because it's actually really good. In fact, I give that... Without spoiler alert, I give it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Okay.
2: Tell the people real quick what it's about, like the premise. It's like, uh, it looked like something from Fraggle Rock.
0: No, like, it's uh, uh, basically, Jim Henson it's Productions. Like, no, it's, um, it's, it's in a, it's on another planet. And basically on this planet, there are humans and there are animals, but there are also animals that are intelligent. I don't know if there's more than one species, but this one is called a Snurl. <laughs> Snurl. And it's a big sort of pink, I don't know, like a bear with a small head. And the premise of the story <laughs> is that, these animals are intelligent but one of them and so but they're kind of like treated like slaves and one of them is really friendly with his human master but his wife is like well you shouldn't be friendly with them blah 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 and then this human tries to sell this snarl to another human owner and so he gets pissed off and he escapes and he finds refuge with a bunch of other animals that are actual like earth animals like a lion an elephant a giraffe a zebra and the whole point of the conflict is that they don't want to trust him because they, they keep calling him a human and he keeps saying, no, I'm not a human, I'm an animal. And so they ask him to prove whether or not he's a human or an animal by using a gun to shoot his human or his former human masters. And the, the idea is that this will it's kind of like a, a, a spy thing. Well, oh, you're really a German? Well, then shoot this American prisoner to prove it kind of thing. <laughs> and I won't say how it ends, but it's awesome.
2: All right. Well, that actually does sound pretty good. But mm. I just uh, snarls. I was like, forget this. I'm not reading it. All right. Never so, judge
0: uh, it, Never judge a book by its title, Mike
1: Dell. <laughs> never judge a say. book
2: by its snarl. Yeah. So, all
0: right. <laughs> uh, but the
2: reason we're here today is for the Spectre. That's right The Spectre And for those who don't remember the Spectre He's this uh, He he wears a green cape and green underpants And like green uh, boots Little boots <laughs> and he, Otherwise he's all white
0: Right Yeah like, like a,
2: green Well don't forget green gloves Yeah green gloves And he, But he's like a ghastly uh, white Like a ghost Right Like a Spectre some would say Exactly and, Or a spook Mike, I also want to point out that uh, they spell Spectre the correct way, the uh, S-P-E-C-T-R-E, instead of E-R, because lately, uh, E-R is getting a big push, you know? Everyone spells Spectre E-R, but no, no, no,
0: Well, R-E- this would be, yeah, this is the original way, and I'm assuming the E-R yeah. is the American way, right? That's right. It's the Americanization of the spelling, and it's now
2: E-R-E is the cool way to spell Ugh. it, so...
0: See, I'm Spectre. not, you know, I I don't consider myself conservative about any cause, but the preservation <laughs> of of language and spelling, I am a hundred percent on the side of tradition, you know. <laughs> Hence, Z, like you said, a Z. Z, you say Z. Exactly. That's right. And a boot. So
2: well, that's a whole different story. <laughs> but anyway. All right. So uh, the specter, real name Jim Corrigan. hmm And it's uh, C-O-R-R-I-G-A-N. If you're spelling it. That's right. The original one. <laughs> and his first appearance might a more fun comics, 52, from 1940. Cool. So the Spectre is one of the earliest superheroes.
0: Right. And you, are you going to mention who co-created him? I will. Jerry Siegel
2: of Superman fame. That's right. And uh, the, the artist was a fellow named Bernard Bailey. Yep. Very and cool. Jim Corrigan was like a hard-boiled police detective. and Have you read More Fun 52, his first appearance? No,
0: I have not, no. Maybe uh, I once, went back, maybe.
2: I went back and read it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating. Again, it's from 1940. But uh, this uh, Jim Corrigan fellow, he's like a hard-boiled police detective. Real, uh, you know, uh, rugged,
0: tough. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, don't mess with Jim Corrigan. But... He's engaged to a, a beautiful socialite named Clarice Watkins, I believe. Is that okay. it? Something like that. Yeah. We'll go with that. Yeah. Oh, Winston. Clarice Winston. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry, Clarice. And again, she's a beautiful socialite. Or as beautiful as 1940 artists can make ladies. Because, eh, okay. not that good. Really not that good looking. But, um, okay. <laughs> did you ever notice their eyes are very far apart, it seemed, mm-hmm. in the 1940s? I don't know. Sometimes that looks good. <laughs> so anyway. uh it, it seems like an odd couple this rough gruff police detective and this socialite um but you know they're they're about to get married but on his way to the engagement party they're going to announce their engagement and he's getting ready he's going here a uh an informer comes up and says hey i got a tip there's some heist going on done by the docks or whatever so he says all right that that engagement party to the beautiful socialite can wait i'm going to go stop this uh this heist. And he goes by himself. He doesn't call in, co- you know, backup or anything. And he just uh, beats up all these crooks. Okay. All by himself. And the action is tremendous. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, but he gets, uh, They he goes to the hospital. So he misses the uh, engagement party. He goes to the hospital to get some, you know, scrapes attended to. And uh, Clarice goes down there and, and she's like yelling at him, why did you miss the party? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, you listen here, woman. I'm the man. I'm the boss you mm. be quiet and then they just start kissing and <laughs> well they're driving back to get to go to the party now uh, the main gangster guy who had orchestrated the previous heist that Jim Corrigan had disrupted his name is Gat oh shoot what's his name why don't I, I should really write these down Gat Benson Gat Benson okay I, I guess Gat is probably short for Gatling gun maybe I don't know
0: yeah maybe Gat. yeah
2: Gat Benson. So Gat Benson and his guy, they, uh, they capture Corrigan and Clarice on their way to the party. They pull him over in guns, and he's like, hey, you get out of the car, we're going to we'll shoot the lady. So they kidnap him. They take him to uh, the wharf, and they conk Corrigan over the back of the head with a gun, knock him unconscious. Then they put him in a barrel, Mike L. They stuff his body in a barrel, mm. fill the barrel with concrete, and throw him in the river. Yikes. He dead. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They killed Jim Corrigan. So Jim Corrigan's dying, uh, but he he's drifting up to heaven, and he sees the bright light. You know, go to the light, Michael. Go to the light. (laughs) So he's trying to go to the light, but they won't let him in. And this this disembodied voice comes up and says, "Hey, Jim Corrigan, you're dead, but your mission's not done on Earth. You're going to go back and be the spirit of vengeance against all evildoers." And he gets sent back to Earth and he becomes the specter yep and it, that's his goal he's god's vengeance against evil doers right so uh in the book uh he comes to underwater at the bottom of the river mm-hmm. and he's like how come i'm not dead i'm just sitting there underwater and then he looks over at the barrel and there's a hand sticking out of the barrel and he goes oh that's probably me in there <laughs> but i'm out here yeah. what's going on <laughs> so he flies out of the river and, and he starts to realize he can float and do all kind of stuff and and he goes in with the bad guys, mm-hmm. and the one guy sees him and starts freaking out, and he just drops over dead. Huh. Just just boom, dies. And then uh, the second guy, I think, uh, he, I don't know, he also freaks out or something. Uh, he tries to touch him maybe, and he turns okay. into a skeleton. Boom, and then his bones just fall to the ground. Awesome. And then Gat Benson, uh, Corrigan makes all these duplicates of himself to go after Gat Benson, Gat Benson says, hey, back up, or, gonna, or The broad's going to get it. And, and he shoots uh, Clarice. Boom, shoots her in the chest. Oh, she's passed out on the ground, by the way. Okay. And even though she's passed out, he still shoots her in the chest. Uh, so uh, Corrigan then uh, takes care of G- uh, Gat Benson. And, and he says, oh, no, Clarice is dead. Uh, and he picks her up in his arms. But when he touches her, her wounds heal. Ooh. And, and she's now fine. But uh, so Gat ben- so uh, Corrigan calls the cops to come get Gat Benson. And the cops don't seem to think anything's weird that, you know, one guy's a bunch of bones and, okay. another guy, <laughs> and they don't seem to notice. Uh, so they're driving back to the engagement party and uh, Corrigan the whole time. He's thinking, hey, she, she doesn't know what happened. I can't tell her that I'm now a dead guy. I'm mm. now a spirit. So he breaks it off with her. He just says, hey, hit the bricks, lady. I'm done with you. And she's like, "What, Jim, what are you saying? And he's like, uh, this is my dramatic recreation. And Jim's <laughs> like, uh, beat it, toots. I lost interest. And she's like, "Oh!" And she starts crying and runs away. Mm-hmm. But he had to do it, Michael, because he's the specter now. He has no time for love. You understand?
0: <laughs> That's why I break up with every girl. <laughs> Beat it, toots. Yep, I exact lost interest.
2: <laughs> so, uh, but Corgan goes back to being a cop. He's still a cop, but whenever needed, he puts on his uh, green underpants and his little white outfit, and he becomes the specter. Uh, nice. But it's pretty cool I actually like this uh... Oh, and by the way, Clarice um, Flash forward I guess when uh, uh, Corgan saved her life By using his powers on her he kind of made her immortal Oh, really? And she couldn't die Even though she tried to kill herself a few times She didn't die Yeah, so that gets way into uh, other stuff later on Some nonsense happens in like the 90s and stuff with her But uh, we'll forget all that (laughs) Yeah so uh, that, there's the backstory there for Jim Corgan, uh, and he was a charter member of the Justice Society of America. Yep. Which started at All-Star Comics number three, 1940. Can you name the other members of the uh, Justice Society of America, the original members, Michael?
0: Okay, without Googling it. Uh, Our Man? Correct. Starman? No. Oh, I'm already uh, losing here uh hawkman correct the atom correct um the flash correct green lantern correct two more uh two more i mean i want to say superman and batman no right because they were kind of like reserve members so there's two more okay oh was it johnny thunder
2: incorrect although he did come later
0: okay Uh, dr fate correct
2: and then my, my guy, who I really like this guy, and then Neil Gaiman ruined him. Sandman. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, ruined him. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, plus the Spectre. That's your original Justice Society of America lineup. Awesome. Uh, so, in more fun comics 75 in 1942, Jim Corrigan is resurrected. I don't know. I guess he chiseled his way out of the cemented barrel. Okay. And uh, so he and the Spectre split. Like, the Spectre's off on his own. He's like a spirit on his own. When was this? Uh, 1942
0: okay okay okay
2: in issue oh, 75 of yeah, more yeah, fun okay. comics so Corrigan goes off to fight the nazis in world war ii
0: okay
2: and uh this specter just he's he's on his own as a spirit and incredibly michael this specter this vengeance of god soon becomes a guardian angel for percival pop super cop
0: okay have you ever heard that name before no no
2: I a guess he's like, a, here. he's like a bumbling cop, and the Spectre would be like his guardian angel, so he would always, you know, fix things for him. So Percival Pop, this bumbling idiot, looks like a super cop because of the Spectre.
0: Ah. So, so that's they kinda, what the, they, they just ruined the Spectre. His, yeah, they changed his the status quo, <laughs> eh? Huh. Yeah, he was no longer a
2: vengeful spirit from God. He was just a, a goofball. Uh, so the Spectre made his final appearance in More Fun Comics and with issue 101, and then he left the Justice Society of America in All Star Comics number 23. In both of those issues, in early 1945, uh, editor Julius mm-hmm. Schwartz revived the Spectre in the mid 1950s, and he was once again a vengeful spirit, right, um, taking out the evildoers. And he made various appearances throughout the 60s in Showcase, Justice League, and The Brave and the Bold. Mm-hmm. And and the character became like super powerful, like godlike and omnipotent. Like he could do all kind of crazy shit. So Now,
0: you know where it becomes really confusing though is the, here's a question, was that the Earth 1 or Earth 2 Spectre?
2: Yeah, this is uh people debate this a lot. And apparently there's a couple explanations for this that uh Earth 2 Spectre came into Earth 1 Jim Corrigan. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Um but yeah, DC Comics continuity. Don't even try to understand it. Uh huh. Can't argue with that. It's a train wreck. So the Spectre got his own series in 1967, but it lasted only ten issues. Mm. It's uh, most notable because a young Neil Adams. Mm. Uh, he drew, I, I think, issues. T- if I'm remembering correctly, like two, three, four, and five, and I think he wrote issues four and five as well. Uh, and then the final two issues of the series 9 and 10 were basically like a horror anthology with the specter just serving as like a narrator kind of like there's a
0: house yeah like history secrets and house of whatever yeah i guess
2: the problem was that like how can we keep making uh, interesting stories with this character who is a god he can do whatever he wants right that's a problem yeah big big problem uh, so, then, uh, editor Joe Orlando revived the Spectre for Adventure Comics. And that's what we will be reading today. And he, he, star- he brought him back in issue 431, 1974. Now, the reason he brought him back is because Joe Orlando was mugged. and Really? Yeah, he was so, uh, you know, pissed off by getting mugged. He's like, we need a superhero who's vengeful and hunts down criminals and is just relentless in pursuing criminals. So, he brought back the Spectre. Made him more of the vengeful, uh, you know, Wrath of God, and uh, he had a 10-issue run here in Adventure Comics. Orlando would plot all the issues with uh, writer Michael Fleischer, Mm. and Jim Aparo was the artist for all the issues. And it was kind of, uh, this run, which is generally called The Wrath of the Spectre, it's known for its gruesome, uh, (laughs) disgusting ways in which the Spectre kills criminals. (laughs) <laughs> <Like> right. <it's... laughs> right, right. Because this is after the comics code had been relaxed. So, they could go nuts. Right. And you get a taste of it in this issue we're reading today. Yeah. But I guess like every issue is just how can the Spectre kill these criminals in more weird um gruesome ways? I don't know. Right. And I guess some fans kind of took offense to it at some point. Um so DC canceled the run of the Spectre at 10 issues. They still had three issues uh, written. And then later, in 1988, they put out a limited series, a four-issue limited series called The Wrath of the Spectre. And Jim Aparo went back and he drew art for those three scripts. And they were uh, used in issue four of that limited series.
0: Nice. Yeah, I think I've got that somewhere. Because
2: the first three issues were just reprinting the other Mm -hmm. um, seven of that run. And then issue four did the three that were never read. And again, that was 1988 Uh, so DC was going to bring the Spectre back in 85, with Steve Gerber as the writer, but uh, guess what, Michael, Steve Gerber missed the deadline for issue one. Yikes,
0: yeah, as usual,
2: eh? Yeah, shocking. But do you know why he missed the deadline? No, why? This was 1985, he was attending, he wanted to attend the final days of shooting on Howard the Duck. Really? (laughs) Yep, so, so that's why No. no Spectre, you can blame Howard the Duck, Yeah. Interesting. Um, so then in the 90s, a uh, what's the guy, the, the writer for DC, Joe Ostrander or something oh, like
0: that? Oh, Ostrander, yes. I've interviewed him. He's yeah, great. he
2: brought the Spectre back, and I guess he brought him into some prominence. But they just totally fucked up his back. They retconned a bunch of stuff, made it even crazier, and, you know, a bunch of bullshit, Michael. Um, and then later, there was uh, a time where a fellow named Crispus Allen became the Spectre
0: yeah see there's exactly where i check out and he was also a police
2: officer Mm -hmm. and he was shot by a corrupt police officer and do you know this police officer's name no i don't jim corrigan come on but it's not the jim corrigan it's a Uh. different jim corrigan
0: wow that sounds like crap (laughs) why the hell would you do that
2: like who thinks that's a good idea (sighs) that's crap yeah, it's not THE Jim Corrigan, just mm-hmm. another guy named Jim Corrigan. That, that idea had to be approved by writers, editors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. what is going on? <laughs> so, yeah. Again, when, when it comes to basically any comic book character, if you want to know their backstory, what they're about, go to the original and just stop there.
0: I agree, it, I agree.
2: It just, especially in D.C., because it gets crazy in D.C.,
0: I don't know. 90s Marvel is, trust me, it's worse. If you've heard 90s Marvel, it's terrible.
2: But Spectre, uh, like, they, like we said, they made him like so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like I was reading, at some point he was throwing planets. He, could get, I mean, he, was, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he was creating supernovas in the palm of his hand out in space. He was doing all kinds of absurd things. Um, that's dumb. I don't like any of that. No, I don't but either. I, but I like the idea of a guy being a vengeful you know, the wrath of God. To punish evil sure, cool. Yep. Yeah, that's real cool. But it's they need to like limit Ghost the powers. Rider, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much like Ghost Rider, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you can't have these super powerful things because then it's just what's the point? There's like no stakes, there's no danger, there's no. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You need to limit them, you know? Limit yeah. Them. Uh, so what else about the Spectre, Michael? I guess he played a pivotal role in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, right?
0: V- uh, yes, he basically. The climax of the story, he's the one that wrestled with uh, the anti-monitor and prevented him from destroying the multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. And if,
2: <laughs> He put him in a figure four leg lock. Right, yeah.
0: that would have been great.
2: <laughs> and the anti-monitor, uh. he tr- the anti-monitor tried to roll over and reverse it, but he cut it and he was too far from the ropes and he had to tap. <laughs> right, right. Yeah i don't know i love the specter uh small scale specter not so much wrestling anti-monitor specter right me neither that's not what i like um all right so the uh creator here is uh or the writer here is michael fleischer (laughs) and we can talk about him later Um, yeah i I got got
0: something to say about him but yeah all right and then we got the jim aparo on the
2: art oh yeah um also uh well let's get into the book michael and unless there's anything else you need to say about the specter
0: no i was gonna talk about michael fleischer fleischer but i'll save that for later Okay. But I got some notes here. Disperse. But, uh, yeah. Not, not yet. Not yet. It's not over <laughs> <All> yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's talk about this. So we got this awesome cover, The Wrath See, of the, like the Spectre. Cover. I don't like the
2: cover. I love it. I do not like the cover. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of negative space there, a lot of wasted space. Um, I think it could have been much better. I don't know. Uh. Well, describe the cover. Describe the. So, cover So okay, so
0: we got first starting at the top. We let's just talk about this. We've got our old old seventies DC logo, the line of DC superstars, right? And then it's so, funny yeah, because
2: that's in, a, that's in a circle in the left corner, right? And then in the right corner, there's a
0: circle with the price and the issue number, right? Right in the month and all that. And it's twenty cents. Right, twenty cents, and then we have this awesome classic logo. Adventure Comics. The Adventure looks like it's kind of handwritten. But then, funny enough, next to the logo, underneath the DC logo, there's another little and tiny print Adventure Comics again. Yeah. <laughs> not sure why they have that, but... Um, and then we got
2: the Wrath of the Spectre between the two circles. Right. Uh, and DC this is kind of like,
0: you know, like the, then the comics font is that, that classic font they used for action comics and detective comics. I'm not sure what font that is, but it's pretty, you know, classic. Yeah. Um, and then anyway, so that takes up like, again, like a four, like almost like a fifth of the cover. And then we have the image of the probably Spectre. Probably more than that. It's yeah. probably a full third of the cover, Fourth, actually. yeah, Or, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, measure it and then we, <laughs> That's a third. <laughs> okay. And then we have um, the Spectre as like a giant ghostly image hovering kind of over this guy with his hand out. And this bad guy's hands are melting. And then in, behind him is like this machine gun that's kind of like you know, it's smoking, like the smoke coming out of the barrel. And so that line is kind of leading up to the top of the image. And the, the negative space you're talk, <clears throat> talking about is basically the specter, his legs are spread out. And yes. then the, the bad guy, odd. it's weird because he could be kind of between them, but he's kind of more to the left. So, yeah, there's this big empty space right next to him. It's kind of odd.
2: Yeah. But, you uh, know, I've seen like but The color beneath the, the top third with the Adventure Comics, it's a light blue. And then right. we get light blue at the bottom with that empty space. I just think they could have. Uh, Aparo could have done this. Uh, I would have preferred if we don't see the specter's legs at all, because that looks really yeah, weird.
0: Yeah, see you his could crotch, say
2: that. and then his legs. Um, and also, you could have just made the guy much bigger, and you see his hands melting. I don't even know if we need to really see the gun smoking. I mean,
0: yeah, that's kind of pointless.
2: Or you could have put the gun in like one of his hands and has it as his hands are right. melting. You know. Yeah. Like imagine imagine this cover with just the specter from the hand, and the cape and the head, and then that crook, his face and his hands, taking up the rest of it on the bottom. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like his like his face to the page left of the hand, and his melting hands sticking up to the right, and melting down the full right side. There you go. That's a cover.
0: There but you I go. Yeah. Should have called you. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> But yeah, um, you know what's funny is Jim Aparo, I've never thought he's a great cover artist, but um, I think he was better back in these days, in the early days. Yeah. But he's definitely, we'll talk about it later, but I love his art. But anyway, we'll talk about that later.
2: Well, we should mention, uh, now that we're on the splash page, we see the credits. Um, technically, he didn't do all the art here. Um, this, yeah, that's, this,
0: what, that's what's confusing.
2: Well, the script is by Michael Fleischer, and the art continuity is credited to Russell Carley, and Fleischer and Carly worked together a lot back in the day. And basically, they were like partners. And basically, uh, Carly, what he did was the breakdowns. So uh, okay. when Fleischer had the, like, Fleischer was uh, kind of new to comics. And he wasn't sure how to write scripts. So he would write something. And Carly would be the one to lay out the, the panels and the art. And help Fleischer make sense of the story. So, yeah. Huh.
0: Yeah, so, I was gonna say it, it seems a little bit different from what I'm used to from Aparo.
2: Yeah, so basically Aparo is doing the finishing here, but okay. I think by the I think like the final couple of these issues on the Specter, Run Aparo is doing the entire art breakdowns okay. and finishes. So, but for this issue, Russell Carley is doing the layouts and breakdowns. Interesting.
0: Okay. Because <clears throat> yeah, it's funny because even on the opening splash page. The official credits just say Michael Fleischer, Russell, Carly, and Joe Orlando, but Jim Aparo signs the splash page.
2: Yeah, like on the far right, there's
0: a little right. box that says Jim Aparo. So, right, but he's not even credited in the actual credits, which is really weird. Yeah,
2: so you could almost... And again, this is one of those stupid DC things that they did, where they put like... They made the splash page it's kind of like a second cover. Right, right, right. So the splash page is not connected in any way to the next page of the story. No. So it's almost like, did Jim Aparo just draw the splash page? And that's why he signed it.
0: Well, no, um, because I can tell by the rest of the yeah. art, like I see, yeah, I see a lot of Aparo in it.
2: Sure. Yeah, Aparo did the finishing for us, but I mean, like if you weren't familiar with them, you wouldn't right, know, right? Right. Yeah, you'd be because like, there's no,
0: yeah, there's no credit, right? Yeah. So anyway. So yeah. So basically, like you said, on, in this opening splash page, we see uh, a jet, like a a jet plane flying through the air. It's storming, and we see a giant image of the Spectre hovering above it with his hands out. And it says the wrath of the specter, which again gives its name to this whole run of comics, right? Yep. And um, I, it's a pretty cool image. Again, it's not quite it's not quite peak apparel, because, but it's still good. I really like it. Yeah, I like it as well.
2: Yeah, it's big old specter.
0: And then in the next page, um, we we join in on a um, what is this called? Like a one of these trucks that carries money for a bank, whatever those are called. Armored truck. Um, Yeah, armored truck. There you go. (laughs) And so it's driving (laughs) along this road, kind of like this, kind of like a, you know, alongside a mountain or whatever. And you get a couple of uh, criminals pointing guns at them, uh, at the truck, and the gun, you know, they shoot the guys. And then basically the guys stop and then they're getting out, and one of them is like ready to surrender, but, you know, the main bad guy shoots him dead anyway, right? Yep. And so one of the guys is like, "Hey Fritz, why'd you have to gun him down like that? They was surrendering. They was just like cops, wasn't they? Now stop running your mouth like an egg beater and let's go get that money. <laughs> Good voices, eh?" <laughs> yeah. So then, um, so then they grab the money, and I guess somehow the cops have already been alerted, and so there's now there's cops shooting at the bad guys, uh, and then one of the bad guys gets shot, and Pete. one of the gang, Pete's, Pete, right, Pete's been hit. Pete's been hit. And then one of the other guys tries to warn the boss, hey, Pete's been hit. And then, wait, don't leave me. Ah! And then, the, again, so the, the, the tough guy ends up Fritz. shooting. P- Fritz shoots Pete dead. <laughs> so instead of yep. trying to go back and help him or just leave him to get caught, nope, shoots him dead, right? Well, yeah, you can't
2: just leave him to get caught because he could rat out the others. Right. So got to tie up all those loose ends, Michael. Clearly, right. you've never robbed an armored truck. Exactly. That's This problem. is what you got to do.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, this art is awesome. Like we get, you know, a tiny car in the background, a big car in the foreground with the headlights. And then the next panel, we see, you know, the dead bodies in the foreground and the cops getting out of the car. And again, you could tell what was going on just by looking at the art. It's so good, right? Yeah. I just love it. Anyway, and then the next, and then he radios in for help. And then the next panel, now we've got Detective Jim Corrigan on the scene, right?
2: Yeah, he's got his trench coat yep and uh he's looking through uh the, the dead body
0: of uh the crook pete and look he got shot and, and, and pete and look at this uh, uh you know <laughs> how convenient uh he finds a business card on him so that's his clue right that's how that's what he's going to use to find out where these yeah. guys operate
2: for golden age antiques right well, what do you know a criminal with an interest
0: in antiques that's what yeah, right, Corrigan and then we saying. cut to the next. Yeah, we cut to the next panel, and we see the bad guys counting their money, and of course, with this, there's a sign behind them: "Golden Age Antiques." Right? <laughs> yeah. So, because um, uh, again,
2: here's a tip for you, armored car robbers out there: um, if you're going to heist an armored car, leave your personal business cards at home. Right, right, right. Don't don't uh, bring them with you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And so, uh, so yeah. Once again, they're like, "Come on, Fritz, why'd you shoot? Why'd you shoot that guy?" And he's like, "Ah, you know, you pipe down and finish counting the money, will ya?" So basically, he's talking about you know the, the classic, like you know, everyone lay low. I'm going to South America. Usually, they go to South America to kind of retire, but he's going to go blow all his money, and then when the money's gone, he's going to come back and they're going to do another job.
2: But yeah, well, that's what I would do as well. Yeah, because um, you know the money's going to run out, hookers and booze. It's going to run out. Right. Right. So. Uh, but he also made the the uh, good point of saying, Hey, there's more for us to share without Pete. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Took care right. Of Pete, bigger shares for the rest of us. Ain't no problem. Yeah.
0: So yeah. So then we cut to the exterior and Jim Corrigan, of course, you know, he sees the sign Golden Age Antiques, but he's gotta check his business card again just to make sure it <laughs> matches up, right? Sure enough it does. Wait, is it spelled the same? G O yep, yeah, this is the voice. Yeah. <laughs> so then he goes in and uh He sees one of the bad guys and uh, he starts questioning him. Then he we doesn't see, really question him too much. Like, he just accuses him right away. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Just tell me, who helped you pull that armored car heist early this evening? And I'll see <laughs> to it that all of you get a crack at the Police Athletic League Citizen of the Year award. <laughs> and then the next shot, we see a big close-up of the bad guy reaching down to pull a handgun out from behind the counter, right? And he's like, armored car robbery. Why, uh, yes, I, I think I can help you. You see, uh, one of my customers is blam, blam, blam. He starts <laughs> shooting him, but Jim Corrigan is but a spook. And he's so the bullets go, th- <laughs> yeah, he's a specter. So the bullets go right through him and he disappears. And he's like, oh no, I don't know what's going on here, but I ain't staying around here to mess with no spook. And so he grabs his briefcase of money and runs away and jumps in his car, right? Yep. But the specter is now hovering above, well, he's, where is he now? This is, oh yeah, so now the specter is floating above him as he's making his phone call, right? Yeah, at a phone so, booth. Right. Again, so he's now, in
2: he's in full specter gear now, not just Jim right. Corey. Yeah.
0: So now this bad guy is calling oh, so this is Charlie. So Charlie calls Hank <laughs> and tells him what do you get his name? Charlie, from? Hank, Fritz, and Pete. Yeah, I know. Right? What a group. So he uh he's like trying to convince Hank of what's going on. Of course, Hank doesn't believe Charlie. So he's like, oh whatever, you know, uh my lucky rabbit foot's guaranteed to scare the pants off of every spook within fifty miles, right? So then, whatever, Hank's like, okay, so yeah, this is Hank now, right? So he's driving away, he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get to safety, but then all of a sudden a giant image of the specter appears in front of him on the road, right? And And then the guy veers out of the way and he's like, huh, that thing in the middle of the road, I'll hit it unless I turn off onto this road and (laughs) <laughs> Wait, this road, there ain't no road here. It's nothing but a, ah, uh, and then he falls and drives off a cliff and smashes onto the rocks below. Dead, yeah, blows right? up.
1: Car yeah. blows up, yep.
0: How about we heat things up tonight?
1: Mm, how so?
0: Get a little fresh, add some steam, sizzle, and spice.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? fire things up at outback steakhouse for a limited time try our bloomin' fried shrimp or get fresh with our new strawberry salad go big with our bone-in ribeye or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie then cool off with a cucumber crush or pina koala try them all before they're gone let's outback
2: yeah specter's no joke day. man you're right a right Ain't
0: no so then the next day now we're back with hank right now and look hank- at what hank's reading michael uh Oh, yeah, the Daily Bugle. A little inside joke there, eh? <laughs> yeah, I he's love reading it. the Daily Bugle And then, the, did you see the poster in the background? Yeah, Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing, thing right. Yeah. So, anyway, so, yeah, he's reading the paper. Thinks everything's good to go. And then, all of a sudden, the specter phases through the wall and materializes behind him. You have good reason to be afraid, Hank. Huh, who are you? Men call me the specter. The Spectre, that's some kind of ghost, ain't it? <laughs> Let's debate it. Like, I mean, the dictionary definition. I mean, a Spectre is a ghost, right? Yes. So they start going back and forth. He pulls out his gun, and this is where it gets cool. He pulls out his gun, but the Spectre melts it, right? He's like, what? My machine gun, it's melting like a piece of wax. But then the Spectre takes it one step further, and the guy's hands start to melt like wax, right? It's great. Yep. I love it. And then basically the guy's entire body melts into a pool of wax. Frickin' awesome. So then anyway, now we cut (laughs) over to, this is Fritz now, right? Yep, Fritz, the only one left. Right, right. So now Fritz is uh, flying away on a a plane. He's like, you know, in a few hours I'll be in sunny South America, surrounded by senoritas and living like a king. Uh Uh-oh, but then out of the smoke of his pipe comes the specter, right? And instead of pupils, the specter has little skulls in his eyes, so we know he means business. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> yep. And then, um, and that's this is kind of cool because this bad guy sees the specter on the plane, but no one else sees him, so they don't know what he's screaming about, right? So then the bad guy, this is this kind of reminded me of the origin story you mentioned, but um, he grabs this woman, this random yeah. woman passenger, puts a gun to his her head, and threatens her, and then basically the specter's like, "Well, farewell, murderer." The lights go out. Then the lights come back on again, and all that's left is a skeleton with no flesh on it, right? So that's yeah. all that's left of Fritz. Then we cut um, over. Yeah,
2: for, sadly, the specter got confused, and he actually killed the stewardess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fritz, <laughs> Fritz snuck out the back door. Whoops. He's hiding uh, in the bathroom of the airplane. Yep.
0: Yeah, Fritz, or uh, Spectre may have the powers of a god, but, you know, that's one way, easy way to fool him is just flip the lights. <laughs> but no, so, we,
2: we see that it's Fritz because he's still clutching the gun.
0: Right. So, so cool. That's pretty So good. cool. Yeah. So then we cut back to, uh, right, the police headquarters. And, of course, his Jim Corrigan's boss <laughs> is chewing him out. Right? He's like, yeah. I don't give a tinker's damn about... Sealing. Oh, yeah, because uh, what's his name? Um, Jim Corrigan's like, don't worry, chief. We've got the entire city sealed off. Those mugs don't have a ghost of a chance. And his boss is like, I don't give a tinker's damn about sealing the city, Corrigan. I want those guys caught. Yes, sir. The end. Because yeah. guess what? Yeah, because they're already all dead because the specter killed them, right? Yeah,
2: so what happens the next day when they still haven't caught them? What I guess Corrigan they'll just tell them?
0: pretend to keep looking for them and spinning the wheels and getting paid. I don't know
2: so he just looks like a terrible police officer
0: right i don't know (laughs) the end yeah that's it the The quick one
2: it was very quick um all right so the writer here is michael fleischer and i had never heard of him uh but apparently you were familiar with him uh he was born in 1942 and raised in new york city he started writing comic books in 1972 And he was doing assorted supernatural and horror stories for DC. All those like, you know, House of Mystery, House of Suspense, that that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, He was originally contracted by a a, uh, other book, like a separate company to do encyclopedias Hmm. based on Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, a series of three encyclopedias. So, and he was uh, doing so much research at DC, at the DC offices, they eventually just uh, hired him to do writing for him. But that's how he got into comics. Cool. Because he was writing those encyclopedias. Um, aside from the 10-issue uh, Spectre run in Adventure Comics, he's most famous for writing the Jonah Hex character for 12 years. Nice. He began with the character on uh, Weird Western Tales in 1974, and he continued through 1985 on the character's self-titled uh, series, and he did issues 1 through 12 and issues 16 through 92. Cool. So, if you like Jonah Hex, you know Michael yeah. Fleischer. yeah. Explain who Jonah Hex is for the kids, because I've never read any Jonah Hex. Oh,
0: well, he's... So he's basically like a cowboy, um, but the, the big thing that you know, separates him from other cowboys is one half of his face is completely you know, deformed, like almost like Two-Face from Batman, but yeah. to make it matters even worse, his bottom jaw is only connected to his top jaw by a, a piece, like a stringy piece of flesh. It's pretty disgusting. Well, how did his face get like that? I don't know shaving know. accident yeah probably <laughs> but you know what you know what's funny uh there's nothing worse than a movie that's ashamed of its own like itself right of its own image oh they you, made a movie they made a movie in like 2008 <laughs> okay oh, nobody right. it wasn't
2: uh what's her face in it The. Uh, it was josh brolin but wasn't the girl from uh who's the, the uh the hot girl from uh transformers
0: uh let me look it up it was Megan Fox you're right you're right yeah. it was 2010 yep. yep John Malkovich Michael Fassbender I didn't realize how many people were in this movie yeah those are some good
2: people in that wow movie.
0: well you know what's funny is you know as you know I do the comic book syndicate and we've reviewed every single superhero movie in the past 14 years this is one we just completely skipped we didn't give a <laughs> shit about it um uh, but I'll see it one day
2: now, now you said they kind of like hated the they didn't base anything on the comic book or
0: no no it's not that but when I said that it's ashamed of its own you know, character, the cover of the movie, they, they Photoshop out the, the, the deformed side of his face. So uh, you might as well just think it's like Clint Eastwood in a Western, right? Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm just saying, if you're going to make a Jonah Hex movie, it's got to look like Jonah Hex, right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. So anyway.
2: Uh, Sorry. So he right, so did Jonah Hex. Uh, get this though, Michael. Right, well, he also ran into some trouble with uh, Harlan Ellison. Do you know that guy? Oh,
0: that's what I was going to talk about. All
2: right. <laughs> All right. So Harlan Ellison is a writer. He did a lot of sci-fi stuff, uh, a lot of work in TV, and he's kind of famous. I never read any of his stuff. or you? Oh, have yeah. Have you read his stuff?
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, I first came across him through an episode of Star Trek, The City on the Edge of Forever. Yes. And then, uh, I don't know, he, yeah, he's, I think some of his most famous books are like, I only know these by name, but I think it was, was it A Boy and His Dog?
2: I think that is correct yeah.
0: yeah and like basically he's been around forever I actually met him I went I went to a comic convention in Chicago and met him and he is awesome if even if you don't like him if you're not interested just Google Harlan Ellison interview he's one of the most interesting guys you'll see in an interview like ever he's just hilarious he's like the I guess he, wrote, or, he wrote comic books too right and he, did he some oh comics. yes yes he wrote like Batman he wrote a Daredevil he wrote you know like I, I I've actually got a documentary about comic book artists and he's the host of it you know? Um, yeah, he's I, a huge comic book fan.
2: He's he famous for his... Uh, well, he's still alive, right? Or am I saying? So, no, I he died just a few oh, years ago. Oh, that's sad. But he was known for his like combative personality and uh, being a little quirky or... Uh, right, right. Uh, an interesting fella, it sounds, you know? Well, like he, can he, we... He,
0: go ahead. I was going to say, can we talk about how he described Michael Fleischer?
2: Yes, that's what we were
0: going to get to. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So he did an interview... With uh, with the Comics Journal, which is, if anyone doesn't know, it's it's a you know it still exists. It's online, unfortunately now only, but it's like the most respected publication about comics that there is. And he was being interviewed by the the editor in chief or whatever, or the publisher Gary Groth, and they came up they came upon Michael Fleischer, and it, throughout the course of this interview, Harlan Ellison described Michael Fleischer as, quote, crazy, certifiable, twisted, derangeo, a lunatic, and a bug fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and so because of this, uh, Michael Fleischer sued uh, Harlan Ellison for $2 million um, but for libel.
2: In fairness to Harlan Ellison, he was saying these things in a complimentary way. He, yes, thought, he, was, yes. he thought he was, like, being nice to Fleischer by saying these things because he uh-huh. was... Like, he was talking about the runny-eyed on Spectre, and he said DC got rid of him because he was so twisted. and Like, these mm-hmm. qualities are things that Harlan Ellison admired. Uh-huh, but right, right. Fleischer thought, like, you know, you just sullied my character, mm-hmm. and you're going to make it very hard for me to get work now. So, yeah, he sued him for $2 million.
0: But it doesn't say, I don't think he won,
2: did no, he? No, the, the okay. jury settled for... Uh, Ellison. They, they went with the defendant.
0: So, yeah. Right, right, right. So he didn't get in. Yeah, any. like, it's kind of ridiculous that, like, uh, Fleischer claimed that this ruined his career. Like, come on. I mean, someone calling you crazy, is that really going to ruin your career forever? I, I, I think it's kind of ridiculous. But anyway. Yes.
2: Um, which is why he lost the case. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right, right. But after Fleischer left comics, this is interesting, though. He went to college in New York City in 1987. Uh, so at the age of 45, he went to college. Mm-hmm
0: what a loser and, oh wait i'm 44 anyway go ahead
2: <laughs> go to college michael yeah. then he went to the university of michigan for grad school and he eventually earned his phd in anthropology when he was 54 years old so cool. look at that cool. went back and got his phd and he, he wrote his thesis on commercialized cattle theft in tanzania huh. <laughs> that's, that's interesting and after too that too many he,
0: of those now anyway go ahead <laughs>
2: After that he went around uh, working for uh, humanitarian organizations in uh, the developing third world countries So look Mm. at that, Michael
0: He gave back to the world Yeah Helping others There's still hope for me for a second career then
2: Eh, I don't think so I think you're you're pretty much done (laughs) But this guy, he's going around helping uh, developing third world countries Uh, Mm. He died in 2018 from Alzheimer's disease at the age of 76 Right 76 So yeah, an interesting fella I like yeah. that. How about that though? Whole, whole second act of his life. Yeah, just go get his PhD. It's funny. Yeah,
0: and- a lot of these guys, like we've talked about before from the seventies, they they did have like a second act. Like uh, Steve Gerber, as we know, became like a t like a TV writer, right, and cartoon writer. Uh, what's his name? Bill Mantlo became a lawyer. You know, like you know, because that was we, we we've talked about this. How a lot of these guys were writing these comics in the seventies when they were like in their twenties, right? So. And they weren't getting paid a lot of money either. Right. And they weren't really professional writers, right? They were kind of just fans turned writers. Not to say they weren't good, but it was just a whole different era. Uh,
2: Speaking of uh, Mantlo, and we were talking about Harlan Ellison, I guess Mantlo did an issue of The Hulk. I forget what issue number it is. But basically, he ripped off a Outer Limits episode that Harlan Ellison had written called The Soldier, I believe. Okay. And um, also, Ellison thought that James Cameron had ripped him off
0: well, for Terminator yes I think yeah. he got sued right
2: yeah or something and I, I, yeah and I think they settled it or something I don't know but anyway with Mantlo <clears throat> Mantlo actually admitted like yeah I just ripped off the, this episode and they said it was an, you know, a tribute to that episode or something but they didn't give Harlan Ellison credit and so he was very upset so he uh-huh. called Jim Shooter and was yelling at Shooter and Shooter said hey it's just a mistake uh, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we'll fix it we'll give you credit or whatever and Ellison said alright alright no big deal just give me the credit for the story and pay me what mantlo got paid for doing that issue mm. and and then also he wanted uh, lifetime uh subscriptions to everything marvel produced <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and i guess you okay. said all right <laughs> so, really
0: yeah. that's probably nothing to them right it's a drop in the bucket yeah
2: because they they print all those books anyway you know what i mean so right. it's like there's they always, always have extras yeah. Off there, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah um but yeah so there's that harlan ellison Huh. We're gonna do a podcast about Harlan Ellison next. Yeah, no, he's it. great.
0: Seriously, like when you get a chance, just Google Harlan Ellison. He's amazing. I've i i got, got like an hour-long interview with him on the Tom Snyder show, or whatever it was called. But yeah, he's <laughs> yeah great. Tom
2: Snyder tomorrow, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, the tomorrow Tom show, fun. yep.
2: Yeah. Uh all right, so there it is, the Spectre. Uh what about the writing here, Michael?
0: Uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. It's yeah, I mean it's 1974.
2: I will say this. Uh there's a couple huge with the plot like how does the specter know like i get he goes to the antique because he finds that business card which is ludicrous whatever but um so then he's chasing down hank or whatever that guy in the car hank dies he hears him talking on the phone to a guy named charlie but he doesn't know who
0: charlie is yeah how does he get to charlie and then how does he get to fritz right see the thing is is we at least they show him coming out of the guy's the smoke of the guy's cigar. I mean, not to his say pipe. that that's a rational or he has his pipe. pipe. Not yeah. to say that it's a rational explanation, but it's like we said earlier: there has to be a limit to his power, right? So even if he's a ghost, and even if he, even if he can turn people into wax, he can't be omniscient, right? Yeah, like he, he,
2: like we need to see the detective work that gets him from A to B to C, right, you know? Right, and right. And there is none. He just right. shows up at these criminals and kills right. them. All right well that's fine and then like we said at the end of the story the ending is i don't know they could have done that better
0: like right right uh,
2: like again what's going to happen tomorrow when corrigan shows up to work and those guys still haven't been caught and the next right. day when they haven't been caught the day after when they haven't
0: caught like yeah like
2: i don't know um well, you see, could have had, like the the chief say ah they're probably a million miles from here and, and corrigan could just say ah they'll get what they de- i'm sure they'll get what they deserve or something like that right and that'll, that'll tie it up but now it's just open like so, Corrigan just looks like a terrible detective. I don't know.
0: Right. Whatever. See, like, to me, this is one of those things where it's a potent idea, but if they were to adapt this into, like, a TV show or movie, they would have to really flesh out this story. But, like, him turning the guy into wax is very cool. You yeah. know, running the car off the road is cool. But... <laughs> yeah. And but it's kind all... of
2: shocking. The car thing was kind of shocking because you're not used to, the, like, in 1974, you're not really used to... Uh superheroes just letting people die like that you know right 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 right. go drive off that cliff buddy right
0: Uh, and it's also funny because as you mentioned like michael fleischer got all the credit and or blame but it was actually joe orlando that came up with most of these scenarios right
2: yeah they plotted the issues together right (laughs) right the ideas so uh but but yeah the melting guy and the the skeleton on the airplane that those are both really cool you know so Mm -hmm. And I guess, uh, do you know how he killed other people later? I, I think he turned someone into, like, salt or...
0: Yeah, there's that. Trees. I remember there was one where he turns someone into scissors and cuts them, I think. Or, or he turns <laughs> or them into paper and he yeah, cuts and them, cut them with, them with up, scissors. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So, yeah, the Spectre, He like, he. I just remember when I was a kid, like, seeing Justice Society of America stuff. And he always looked so cool. But yeah. I really didn't know his backstory or anything. Um, I, I like his backstory about the uh, gangster killing him and coming back. Right. and. And having to break off the engagement with the lady he loves, um, and, and then I also heard that later on he got an offer from the uh, the voice, or because some people say it's the archangel Michael who made him the offer. Then later, you know, God, the basic uh-huh. God. Um, but anyway, uh, they say, hey, you can come back into heaven now. You did your job. You can come into heaven, and he said no because he always wanted to protect Clarice. Ah, uh, okay. Which I think is pretty nice. But uh, I don't know, I, I only heard that in one, like I watched a bunch of little YouTube videos ah. about the Spectre before doing the research, and I heard that in one of the videos, <clears throat> but I didn't uh, read it anywhere, so I don't know if that's mm. true or not. But
0: See, now cool. just to add to the confusion, okay, Yep. Uh, I will say that, you know, for, for those listening, everyone knows that in the 50s, DC rebooted The Flash, Green Lantern, The Adam, and Hawkman, Right. And gave yes. them all new origins, right? But then, a couple years later, instead of rebooting the rest of the Justice Society, they just brought them randomly back, like the Spectre, Hourman, uh, Man, uh, the Wildcat, Dr. Fate. But they didn't really say whether they were the Earth 1 or Earth 2 versions, so it got very confusing. And then as the 70s went on, you'd see them teaming up with Batman. And then people are like, okay, wait a minute. I thought these were Earth 2 characters. How can they be teaming up with Batman on Earth 1, right? Then it got even more confusing because when DC rebooted in 1985, after the crisis, they they were they, they merged all their Earths together, right? And then you had the Justice Society in the 40s and then the Justice League in the, quote, present day. But then you have characters like the Spectre who are like 70 years old, right? And so yeah. the stories in the 1970s or the 1990s with the Spectre, written by John Ostrander, it's supposed to still be the Golden Age Spectre, but in real time. So technically, Jim Corrigan is like a 70 year old man. So it makes no sense. Then that's probably why they came up with the story about his girlfriend Clarice being immortal, right? So they could explain why <clears throat> she's still around. I'm assuming. I'm just guessing.
2: And it gets even more weird though because like she's in her 90s or something, and her granddaughter tries to kill her. Uh, and the Spectre like smothered her through the pillow and the Spectre is there meeting with Clarice at the time, like in the astral plane or something, their spirits right. are talking. So then he comes out and he swaps their spirits, he puts the young girl's soul into the old lady body, and he puts Clarice's soul into the young girl's body. I don't know.
0: I just avoid that stuff like the play.
2: Yeah. It's all just nonsense. Right. So but, These I mean,
0: also, did you come across the time where Hal Jordan became the Spectre?
2: Yes, I did. After, yeah. uh, was that after he was Parallax, right? Right, right. And he died, and then he became the Spectre, I believe.
0: I, I just hate that crap, personally. but
2: <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, so there it is, the Spectre. <sighs> uh, the art here, we mentioned Jim Aparo. It's fine. It's good, solid comic book art. You know. Yeah, like I um,
0: said, yeah, it's not peak Aparo, but it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean the storytelling is amazing, like incredible, as we said. Like you can always tell exactly what's going on, and it's a little bit more fluid than his 80s and 90s work, so that's why that's better. And uh obviously, there's some creativity with the hands melting and you know the skeleton and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, and like the images of the specter in the sky and the lightning, it's very yeah. moody, right? It's good stuff.
2: And we talked about Aparo in detail, uh I think back when we did the Brave and the Bold. Issue, right like right. number
0: two i think of flea market fantasy or something yep. like that so
2: uh there you go all right so one out of ten michael for the specter
0: i'll give it a solid seven out of ten
2: huh i'll give it a six all right, a six. All right. I, I like the specter but the uh again the plot holes this story it seems like it was just too condensed
0: right uh, the, uh, yeah I like, like 12 at issues. least two right. more pages to kind yeah, of flesh like things only out only 12 yeah. pages right right
2: yeah so.
0: yeah if they just would have explained how he found those those other guys it would have been a lot better
2: yep yeah. so uh there you go the specter um next week wait wait oh. wait.
0: let's not forget and then we've also got is a snarl uh, human and that gets right. an eight out of ten but anyway okay so continue. that's why
2: you gave it a seven overall because you like to snarl or that's right better but um all right, so that's the Spectre. Now, all right, next week, Michael, we got some issues. I don't know. Um, here's the thing. It's uh, I, I knew we would be recording on, like, the 29th, so I'm like, oh, that's still Shocktober. I'm going to pick another Shocktober title, because I know the kids love Shocktober. That's right. So I was going to go Werewolf by Night. Woo! Because I've never read any Werewolf by Night. What You've issue? You've never read any Werewolf by Night. Well, that's the, that's the point. As of now... We're going to go Werewolf by Night, issue 15, okay, from I believe 1974-ish, somewhere around there, and this also uh, features Dracula, so it's a werewolf fighting a Dracula, (laughs) well, the Dracula, not just a Dracula, and uh, this is probably where they got that whole Twilight thing from this issue. Could be, could be. Uh, Werewolf by Night, and I believe our buddy Miles Watson will be joining us to discuss this. So, Werewolf by Night, Issue 15, that's the plan. Maybe it'll change, maybe not. But Werewolf by Night, (laughs) Issue 15.
0: All right, looking forward to it. All right, so yeah, Flea Market Fantasy. We review a different Bronze Age comic book every week. That's a comic from the 70s or the 80s. Uh, One week I pick, one week Mike Dell picks. We are available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, iTunes. Under Comic Book Syndicate, we're also on uh, the Twitter Comic Book Syndicate feed, uh, the Facebook page, and the Comic Book Syndicate website. Uh, We air a new episode every Tuesday, so please be sure to listen next week and every week. And until next Tuesday, disperse! How about we heat things up tonight?
1: Mm, How so?
0: Get a little fresh? Add some steam, sizzle and spice.
1: <laughs> Wait, you're talking about going to Outback again, aren't you? Fire things up at Outback Steakhouse. For a limited time, try our Bloomin' Fried Shrimp or get fresh with our new strawberry salad. Go big with our bone-in ribeye or the filet and grilled shrimp on the barbie. Then cool off with a cucumber crush or peanut koala. Try them all before they're gone. Let's Outback. Outback